morning, good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon. You can go ahead and be seated um, as we move into the message this morning. So um, we're going to start out this morning. We're going to talk about the last um, three or four weeks. We've talked about quitting different things in our lives so that God can set us free uh, to shine light and ignite change as we live into our purpose. So we've talked about um, quit stopping the fear that pervades our lives, stopping comparing um, in our lives, stopping um, so many things in our lives. And this week we're going to talk about how we need to quit hurrying through our lives. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that my southern accent is going to say hurry sometimes instead of hurry. Um, so I've really like practiced saying the word hurry like 9,000 times this week. So um, just so you know, I might mess that up um, sometime today. But I want to start out with a quiz, okay? I want you to raise your hand if you fit into this category. No like peeking around to see if somebody is like you or not like you. I just want you to raise your hand if you fit into this category. If you go grocery shopping and you spend five seconds examining all of the lines, grocery carts, baggers, cashiers, checking off their qualifications in your head. If you go to the grocery store and you spend five seconds doing that instead of just getting in the line and unpacking your groceries, raise your hand. Anybody? Oh, yeah, good, good. Hurrying through, right? We need, to get, we need to get through this. If you have ever been in the grocery store and someone has credit card trouble or some other mess and you have taken your groceries off of the belt, put them back in your cart and went and gotten a different line, raise your hand. I did this like two weeks ago. I was like, I cannot take this for one more second. Um, if, if you only listen to pre-recorded Zooms, audiobooks, or podcast at one and a half speed or faster, raise your hand. Okay, we got one or two people here <laughs> that are like me. Chris is like, this is not relaxing. Why do you listen to this person speaking like that? Um, if you watch a Netflix series, the good old-fashioned way, you set aside 45 minutes at 8 o'clock every Tuesday evening to slowly work your way through a Netflix season, raise your hand. Good, there are no weirdos in this church, right? You binge it. You watch the whole thing. I watched uh, Virgin River in 10 hours on a Saturday um, back in the summer. Chris was like, are you going to do anything else today? I was like, no, Virgin River uh, just, just came on, um, right? We do everything in a hurry. We want everything we want at lightning speed, and we want it to come to us fast. In fact, my kids are in preschool and they're working through the alphabet. Their letter um, a couple weeks ago was M, so they wrote these things about their mom, like what are the things your mom loves, what are the things she says most often, and two out of three of my children answered the question, what does your mom say most often? Um, both of them said that I say hurry up the most, <laughs> hurry up. The other one just doesn't talk and isn't in preschool and isn't asked that question. That's why only two out of three of them said that. But the things my kids say that I say the most is hurry up. And what actually I want to be able to tell my kids when I looked at that is I laughed to start with because it kept me from crying. Because it broke my heart. The first Sunday that we came home with my son, I remember holding him and talking to a dear friend of mine and telling her, like, we, we have our son, We've, he's been placed in our, in our arms, we are home um, with his grandparents, we're going to be here for a couple weeks, and I remember holding him in my arms, and I remember her telling me on the phone, enjoy this, Erica, because there's 936 Sundays in his life before he turns 18. There are 936 Sundays, and when you go to sleep tonight, 
there'll be 935 left before he turns 18. And so the things my kids say that I say the most, the things that they will remember me saying the most in these years of their lives is hurry up when the truth is I did the math and David has 600 and some Sundays. He's already had 267 Sundays lived in his life and the real desire of my heart is for life to slow down. Slow down. And yet, and yet what he will remember I said the most is hurry up. Hurry up. I asked people this week, what do you miss? What do you miss in life when you're hurrying and when you're living life at a really busy pace? And you know what they said? We miss moments with God. I miss knowing who I am. I can't even like figure out who I am. One woman said that she misses the opportunity to laugh. She knows she's too busy when she's not laughed in a long time. When's the last time you laughed at something? Someone said, just really plainly, I miss the important things. When I live my life busy and hurried, I miss the important things in life. And I say this, I say this because there is literally a sickness that doctors are currently studied, studying called hurry sickness. It is literally a sickness. We have a hormone, a stress hormone in our body called cortisol, and our bodies are producing it at a rate that they have never produced it before in human beings. And when our body lives in a sense of anxiousness and urgency all the time, when our cortisol is way up here, when it's supposed to be down here, our body starts to shut down. Let me explain to you how this hurry sickness works. You've got three kids. Two of them get dropped off at one preschool and another one gets dropped off at another one. You have a meeting at 8.30 in the morning, so you leave for your house for drop-off at 7.45. You drop off kid number one, and the teacher needs to talk to you for five extra minutes about something that happened yesterday at preschool. So now you've got less minutes to make it to the next meeting at 8.30, and you've still got two other kids to drop off. You drop the two other kids off, the water bottle was left at home, so you gotta figure out how to go home and get it, and get it back to the preschool, and then you've got another teacher that wants to talk to you about things, and so now it's 8.30, your meeting was at 8.30, your coffee meeting was at 8.30 to discuss some tragedy or crisis coming up at work or in the life of somebody else. You arrive there at 8.35, you order coffee, which is just increasing all the things that are already increased, your hands are sweaty, your face is red and sweaty, your neck is blotched, you, your heart rate is up. You are living life in this absolute like frantic mode. You can't breathe, your shoulders are tight, you don't feel good, and this person's got to talk to you about a major crisis or tragedy in their lives. And you're five minutes late and you can't breathe yourself. And you know what the rest of the day has, right? There's eight meetings, there's ten things that aren't meetings, it's got to be done by 5.15, and how in the world are you going to get that all done? And you live your life sprinting from one thing to the next, and our bodies are not created by the God who loves you to operate the way we are. Our bodies are telling us to slow down. We are producing too much cortisol, and our bodies are literally shutting down. They took the blood of people who, um, were, who have quit their jobs in the Great Resignation, and the moments before they quit, their cortisol level was like 10 times higher than people who reported having pleasure and joy in their lives and not being busy or hurried or rushed. And I say this, I say this because this hurried sickness 
is something Jesus wants to heal us from. Because you can't live into your purpose if your heart rate's out of control, if you're sweating, if you're anxious, if everything in your life is urgent. We miss the actual urgent and important things in our lives. And God is ready through Jesus Christ to heal us from this sickness in our lives. Is anybody ready? Is anybody ready to live your life with joy and peace and purpose again and quit rushing from one thing to the next? I am certain I'm certain that this will be one of the most important messages I ever share in my life. I hope it's a message you will share with somebody you know who's living depleted of joy and peace and comfort in their lives because they are living at a pace that they can no longer maintain. I pray. I pray that if you are the person in these seats who are like, I think I might have that hurry sickness that you described, I pray that this morning, this very morning, you let Jesus heal you. Not next week, not this summer, not by the end of the year you figure out how to get this hurry sickness figured out, but that you let Jesus transform your heart and your life this morning and you leave here different. And I say that as a person who's lived with their cortisol level way too high for way too long. I say that as a person who got on my knees on Monday morning as I studied this message and I said, God, heal me from this hurried sickness that I am experiencing in my life. I want my kids to know that I love them and I think they're special. I want the people around me to know that I think God is at work in their lives and I want to hear how God is at work in their lives. I don't want to live hurried and anxious and urgent anymore. God is ready to heal us. But we have got to face, we have got to face the lie that our culture tells us about living busy and hurried lives. I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you how it is. There is a guy who says that if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Let me say that again. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. If the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And it's because we start sprinting through life and we miss God's purpose for our lives. We miss the people around us who need love. And God is ready. God is ready through Jesus Christ to offer us a different way of living. God is ready this morning to offer you a different way to live. So the, the, our culture tells us this lie, right? You're, you, you've got to live in this certain way to be, to be productive in life. So the first lie our culture tells us about being busy and hurried in our lives is that you can't be productive if you aren't busy and hurried. Right? The only productive people in the world are the people who are busy and hurried and don't have time to talk to anybody else. The truth is that Jesus was super productive, the most productive guy I know, and he lived his life unhurried. He fed 5,000 people. When's the last time you fed 5,000 people? He fed 5,000 people with a picnic packed by a little boy's mom for lunch. He fed 5,000 people. Do you know why he fed 5,000 people? Because he needed longer to teach them. He needed them to slow down and listen to his words. He was able to slow down and feed 5,000 people. That's pretty productive, right? And he wasn't hurrying around and super busy. He was living his life unrushed and offering a different way of God to people. Jesus healed. I don't mean treated their symptoms. I mean Jesus healed countless numbers of people. These pages are filled 
These pages are absolutely filled with the stories of a Jesus who healed them, didn't cure their symptoms, healed them. And he lived his life unhurried. We live in America where there is a health care worker shortage because we have hurried and busied the lives of people whose purpose is to heal. In the early days of the pandemic, do y'all remember watching the news? And they were, the news is showing these nurses who said, we've worked 120 days, 12-hour shifts without a day off, and we were holding them up and calling them heroes. They are, but they shouldn't have to be. Nobody can care for the sick and watch people dying and hurting in our hospitals and not have room to grieve and to heal. Our culture makes us busy and convinces us that a hurried life is the only way that we can experience productivity. Jesus taught thousands and thousands and thousands of people a new way to live. He spent his life teaching people. We have a teacher shortage in our country because we've busied teachers with the wrong things. We've asked them to teach to a test instead of doing what, it know, what we know they were called to do, to build relationships with kids who desperately need them. We live in a culture that has told us a lie for too long. That you can't be busy, that you can't be productive unless you are busy and hurried. And Jesus has something to say about that. Jesus says that, the, God says this, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, right? So you think that productivity means you're getting more and more and more accomplished. But when you're stingy with your time and your resources and your life, when we're sticking all these extra purposes in, li in the lives of people, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Because the busier you get, the less generous you can be with your time, and the smaller and smaller your world gets. If we started living our lives like this, if we started believing these words of the Bible, that the world of the generous gets larger and larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller, I'm living proof of this. I, I used to say I'm going to protect my time. Anybody ever said that? I'm going to protect my calendar. And what I meant by that was I was going to spend all of my time busying and hurrying myself and spend no time doing what it was God asked me to do. And so in December, I put up a, a link to a calendar, and I said I'm going to be generous with my time, and I'm going to start meeting people. Our church was making budget at that time. In December, our church surpassed our budget by over $20,000 because I changed the way I was working. Because the world of the generous, our impact gets larger and larger. When I'm stingy and protecting my time and filling my life with all of these things that aren't working, my world was getting smaller and smaller and smaller. What is it? What is it that you can let go of that you've held so tightly onto in your calendar? What is it that you can be generous with this week so that your world can grow larger and not get smaller and stingier? Lie number two. Lie number two is if you aren't busy and hurried, you aren't important. Jesus was the most important human to ever live on this planet, and he lived his life unhurried. 
He didn't chalk his calendar full of everything to do, and he didn't run around telling people how busy he was. If you aren't busy and hurried, you aren't important. The truth is that Jesus had the most important purpose in the entire world, and he wasn't too busy or hurried. We tell ourselves that we're productive if we're busy. We tell ourselves we have this incredible purpose, and the truth is that we're lazy and vain. We're too lazy. We're too lazy to look at our calendar and say, hey, does my schedule match the values and the things that God wants for my life? Instead, we let somebody else control our calendar, our boss, our husbands, our wives, our school calendars, our teachers. Our family expectations, the, the culture around us, every party invitation that we could ever imagine. Because we think we are important, we're vain. We start thinking we're the most important person in the whole world. I've done this. I was too lazy to sit down and say, this is what God's called me to do, and this is what I'm going to spend my time doing. And that doesn't mean that you don't work your job and you don't do it well. It means that the world has convinced type A, conscientious, successful people sitting in these chairs in this room, the world has convinced you that the only way you can be important is if you chalk your calendar full of things. And Jesus says there's a different way to live. You have a more important purpose than what it is the world's telling you. And you've got to be conscientious enough to get, get real with God about your purpose and what comes next and what God's asking you to do. Quit being lazy and letting everybody else tell you what to do and control your calendar. Take that control back. Give it to Jesus. Don't take it for yourselves because you don't know what to do with it either. It's not been working for you. You've got hurry sickness. I live with y'all around y'all. I know. I've seen you bust in five minutes late completely and totally in a panic attack. It is time we give our calendar and our time back to the person who gave it to us in the first place, God Almighty. And it is time we get real with Jesus, who showed us how to live important purposes in our lives as unhurried and unbusy people, who had time for the sick on the way to heal the dead. He was literally on the way to heal a child who they thought was, was dead, but she was just asleep. He was on the way, and he stopped to heal a woman who reached out and said, I need you, Jesus. When's the last time somebody could stop you in your track? We gotta get real. We gotta get real with our purpose. And we gotta follow the example of Jesus. Because this is what Jesus says calling the crowd to join his disciples. So he calls all the crowd around to join the people who were following him. Jesus said, Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am, Jesus says. Anyone who anyone who sorry anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead are you going to let Jesus lead because you're not in the driver's seat Jesus is and then he says don't run from suffering embrace it the reason we're busy is because we're running from the suffering of the world around us embrace it follow Jesus follow Jesus and he'll show us how self-help don't pick up another self-help book it's no help at all self sacrifice, not living vain and lazy. That's the way, that's God's way to saving ourselves and finding our true self. Listen to this, listen to this. He says, what good would it do to get everything you want and to lose you? What could you ever trade 
your soul for. Jesus lived in a busy and hurried world that crucified him, and he thought you were important enough for that work. He rose again above it, and he opened a way for us to live our lives different. Quit selling your soul to the lie of our culture that if you stay busy, you're important. It's not true. It's not true, and we know that because we follow a Jesus who had the most important job in the whole world and who lived his life to a different pace, an unhurried pace with, with, with God. Last, last lie that our culture tells us, if our schedule is full, our lives will be full. Anybody, anybody can pull up their calendar and every single second of the day is planned. If your schedule is full, your life is full. It's full of the wrong things. I love you. It's full of the wrong things because the truth is, the truth is that Jesus makes your life full, your calendar doesn't. Jesus makes your life full, your calendar doesn't. And I'm not even going to get into this. I'm just going to tell you what Jesus says. Jesus has a bunch of people around him who are living hurried and busy lives, who are anxious and scared and don't know what to do next, who are, who are fearful and who have lost all sight of the purpose that God has given them. And he says, the thief comes. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. It is here our bodies are telling us something is stealing from us, something is trying to kill us, something is trying to dis destroy us. Jesus says, I have come for a different reason, that you may have life and have it to the full. I told y'all that on Monday morning, I found myself on my knees praying to Jesus, help me to quit hurrying. I want to live like you in this world. I'm going to be really honest with y'all. I have not been a good leader the last couple years. I have lived on survival mode, reacting to every, every single emergency and crisis that came my way. And that is not the way God has wanted me to lead. And in this church, in this church, we are going to, to get really serious with Jesus who wants us to, to live our lives different, and we are going to start living different. I'm going to tell you all about a practice that I started that is absolutely changing my lives, and you're going to have an opportunity to participate in this. You're going to have an opportunity to participate in this activity this week. So three times a day, three times a day for five minutes, and you're like, that's so long. Three times a day, five minutes, that's so long. Three times a day for five minutes, I sit down and I read a scripture, and I'm silent, completely silent for two minutes, and it is so hard to be silent and still before God. Sometimes for two whole minutes, all I do in my mind is say, here I am, Lord, here I am, Lord, here I am, Lord, at a hurried and fast pace, so that maybe God can do something with me. So I'm silent for two minutes, and then I reflect on a question. The, uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to say, how will I focus on the necessary things today? And then I pray. And I do this in the morning, sometimes on the way to school, whatever. I just get still and quiet, and I do this in the morning. I do it in the middle of the day, and I do it in the evening. And this is what it's helped me to do. It's helped me to believe, first of all, the truth of God that the world will not tell me. It's not going to tell me through my radio. It's not going to tell me through a podcast. It's not going to tell me through the books I'm reading. The truth that God has to speak over your life will be found only when you get true and get real with his word. And so why wouldn't those of us who follow Jesus in this world, why wouldn't we spend three times a day in, in this right here getting real with Jesus? Let's figure out what it is he says three times a day. Just read a, just read a verse or two from the Bible. Get silent for a couple of minutes. Reflect on a question about how God wants you to live your life differently and pray and do that three times a day. 
You've got a sheet. Put it in your back pocket. Put it in your wallet. Put it in your purse. Make pictures of it. Put it on your phone. Do whatever it is that you need to do with this. But three times a day for six days, let's this church, let's those of us who follow Jesus and want to live a different way, let's start doing that because... I can promise you, David and Emma Allen aren't the only people who think all adults say is hurry up. There's a world out there. There are people standing on the corner who don't have a place to sleep tonight who need to know they're loved. There are kids at Sheremonte Elementary School who haven't eaten lunch or supper or any meal with an adult in days. And they need, to, they need you to quit hurrying and to discover your purpose. There's a group of people waiting in a small group at this church for you to get real with, with the words of Jesus, with the words of God in your life so that we can hold, a, hold one another accountable and live in a different way. We have the tools in this church to quit believing the lies of our culture and to start living into the truth that God has a purpose for us and that it is time for us to live different. Do not let the work and the teachings of Jesus be in vain this morning. Don't wait for December 31st, 2022 to be the, be the time that you decide that this change has finally happened. Let this right here be the moment. Let this right here be the moment. On the, this morning, what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to pay really close attention to what it was Jesus did on the night before he gave himself up for us. Because each week, we take time here at Horizon to have communion, and we don't always stop to think about why we do it. We stop for baptisms because in a world that's telling us all these lies about who we are and what, it all, what all we actually need to accomplish, we believe that God's called us to a different way. We believe that God's called us to a different way, and that's why we bring our kids, and we, we come um, to, to claim, to cling tightly to the promise of Jesus for ourselves. And each and every week, we take communion here because this is what we know. On the night before Jesus gave himself up for us, he gathered in a room with his closest friends and followers. The world around him was moving at a pace he'd never experienced before. He was going to be arrested. He was getting in trouble. He was literally hiding out from the cops or whatever, like the modern whatever that was back in the day. Literally hiding from them. He was being betrayed. Like He knows what we go through every day. His life was moving at warp speed. And he said, that way is going to lead to the cross. I'm going to live a different way. And so the night before he gave himself up for us, he gathered in a room with his closest followers and he got still and he got quiet and he laughed and he giggled and he ate bread that people had fixed and he ate food that they had fixed and they slowly enjoyed a meal. And in that meal... Jesus took bread, and he gave thanks to God for that bread, because in a life that's unhurried, we give thanks. He gave thanks to God for that bread. He broke it, and he shared it with his disciples, and he said, This is my body, which I'm about to give for you. Because in a world that's going to pull you in a million different directions and leave you feel, feeling fragmented and, and like you've got 9,000 different directions, I offer you wholeness. Through my body. And then after the supper was over, he took wine. We're going to have juice this morning. He gave thanks to God for it. He shared it with his closest friends and his followers. And he said, this is my blood, which is given for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
the forgiveness of all those things you do wrong when you're hurrying through life, all the things that you've missed, all the things that you've gotten wrong, I forgive you and I set you free right now in this moment to live a different life. And then after the supper was over, he told them that the most important thing they could do is slow down a little bit and love the people around them to shine light and ignite change. This morning, this morning, I'm going to invite you all in just a moment when the band plays, you're going to stand up, come down this aisle, get a piece of, get the communion, get a devotion, take it home with you, and, and promise to do this three times a week and to live different and return to your seat. You can take communion at your seat whenever you feel led. Pray. Ask God what it is God can do with your calendar. Ask God what it is he wants to do in your life through Jesus Christ today. And if today is the first time that you are giving your life to the way and the truth and the life of Jesus Christ, I'm going to be standing right here and I can't wait to pray for you and to pray with you. Because God is ready to set us free. God is ready to set us free to shine light and ignite change. Come.